Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Tony Cassis. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. Stand up and please make welcome Pastor Tony Cassis, who's going to bring the Word of God. Reach your hands forward. Father, we thank you so much for this man of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak through him right now. We honour him as the father of this house, that apostolic anointing, Lord. We just now ask that the oil would pour, Lord, as he speaks. And Lord, as he talks, that what he says, Lord, would be your words and they would land straight in our hearts. And that, Lord, it would find the fruit, Lord, and it would locate the root that you've called it to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate that. Just before we get into the word tonight, um, I've been talking with Pastor about the Beirut appeal. I, I spoke to Pastor Deeb. His name is Saeed Deeb. He's senior minister of the Life Center in Beirut. And um, as Nate was explaining earlier, um, he got this really uneasy feeling an hour before this bomb exploded in the port at Beirut. And for some reason, he didn't know. He just told everybody that was in the church, 30 staff. Wow. And this is just before 200 children were coming to class. All right? He told everybody to go home. They had a, a soup kitchen getting ready to fee feed 300 meals that day. And he just got angry. He said, I just got angry. I said, everybody go home. Go home. I want you to all pack it up. Don't cook. Do nothing. I'm closing the shop. We're going home. And he actually offended some people. And he, um, he, he thought something was going on inside of him. He obviously knew that something was up. But he locked up the church and an hour later the bomb exploded. No one was hurt. They, um, they interviewed him on CBN, right? And, but they, made, they over-spiritualized it. They say, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit told you to close the church. He told me, Tanya, that's not the case. <laughs> the Lord put this uneasiness on my heart. I sensed it. And I told everybody to go home because I sensed something was wrong or something wasn't right. Okay? And so God used that to get everybody home, get everybody safe. And as Nate was explaining, you know, the... The, the office, the auditorium, the, the, the school where they, they teach and train the kids all got damaged. Ceilings came down. There's no more lights. There's no more windows. But thank God no one was hurt. All right? The reason why I'm bringing this up is they, they need the financial support now. Not a month from now. Not two months from now. So I'm not hurrying you up, but we're closing the window soon. Okay, and we're very blessed to, to hear that our church is giving generously. And so if you haven't given yet, please seek the Lord because I guarantee you Pastor, Pastor Deeb will make sure it goes where it's needed the most. They minister to Syrian refugees, Palestinian refugees, and even Iraqi refugees. And this is not including the, the poor and the needy 
who are Lebanese, you know, themselves. Yeah, yeah. There's 300,000 displaced Lebanese in Beirut right now. They all lost their homes and apartments. And so, believe me, when he feeds them, they appreciate it. They appreciate it very much. So remember him in your prayers, Saeed Deeb, pastor of Life Center in Beirut. And guess what? This man is a qualified, I think, an accountant or a businessman. He can, he can be earning money in the United States or in, in Great Britain, right? Wow. But he's chosen to serve his roots. He's chosen to serve the Lord in Lebanon because he knows that's his call. Okay, so it hasn't come to him cheaply. It's come, it's come to him at a great cost. All right, so I'm, I'm plugging it because I believe we can really make a difference all the way over here from New York to Beirut. And please pray for that nation. It, it's, there's, there's hardly anything left of that nation, okay, because of the corruption and the religious uh, you know, infighting. I'm, I'm crying out to God to make something good come into Lebanon real soon. All right. Tonight, it's, uh, our, our, our word is on the back again of the portals of last week. Pastor Wendell had an excellent teaching this morning about not playing games with your walk, being willing to pay the price for the call of God on your life. He basically said to us, don't go to the edge of temptation. Why even go to the edge? Stay right away from the edge. Don't play the devil's games because it might cost you your ministry. It might cost you your family. And on the back of what Pastor was sharing last week, in the portals, Pastor brought out from the Lord, you're tired because you're not fighting enough. And when we are fighting, it's probably in our own anger or strength. Okay? We may be fighting God too, like Jacob. Jacob fought all night. The good thing about brother Jacob was he fought with God once. He didn't do it every night. I don't know about you, but I, one hip out is enough. Do you want two hips out? He resisted God all of his life up until that point, but he only really wrestled with God for one night. And that's when he had the name change. So we want to come out of our wrestlings with a name change, yeah? But that's, that's another sermon for another time. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we'll start with something nice and juicy. Uh, we've called today's word the three battlegrounds of the soul. The three battlegrounds of the soul. I'm going to try and concentrate tonight. You're going to keep me laughing. I won't be able to do this. Verse 23. Paul the Apostle says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, that is, set you apart completely, and make your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, the apostle 
is revealing to us our makeup. We are made of three essential parts. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And Paul is asking the Lord in his closing prayer of his epistle that all three parts of your life remain preserved until the last day, the day of the Lord. And then he says, He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Do what? Complete the work of restoring your spirit, soul and body. Okay? God who is faithful is in the process of restoring your soul right now. Now I want to explain what being born again is all about. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, that is the result of the Holy Spirit reviving your dead spirit and making it alive to God. It's called the regeneration. Okay? So when you are saved, the first part of you that gets saved is your spirit. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is now connected to God, right? And your spirit is then sealed by God. It's sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. It's like God gets his seal and goes, this one's mine, all right? And Paul talks about being sealed by the Holy Spirit until the redemption of the, posse- the, uh, the possession of God. That's your, your, your spirit is God's possession. And he sends this deposit called the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that he's going to come and take his deposit back with you included. Wow. How do you know Jesus is coming for you? Because he's left his spirit in you. Wow. It's like when you want to buy a house, you want to put 25% down. You're telling the owner of the house, I mean business, I'm coming back to not just get my 25% back, but to pay for the whole house. See what I'm saying? That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. When, When Paul calls him the deposit of the Spirit, that means God has given you the most precious item He's got as a guarantee that He'll come back for you. But when we were saved, can you give me some fallback, mate? When we were saved, our soul and our body were not renewed. Hello? Hands up everybody who thought completely godly when they, were got, when they got saved. Yeah, by faith, by faith. I bind that lying spirit. Certainly we had a transformation as far as our thoughts toward God was concerned. But as we walked suddenly old habits started to pop up. Little bit of anger. Little bit of impatience. Little bit of cursing. Little bit of lusting. And we scratch it. I thought it was, aren't I supposed to be new? Yes. Your desire to know and love and serve God is solid. But walking it out every day, it didn't work out that way. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians keep this part of their life unattended because of bad theology. 
When you were born again, your spirit was renewed, but you still had the same mind, the same emotions, and for the most part, the same desires. And this is what our soul is made up of. We are made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And then our soul is made up of three parts, mind, will, emotions. So we're tripartite twice. God is tripartite, Father, Son, and Spirit. Yes? And so that's a reflection of His creation. And so when we talk about the three battlegrounds of the soul, we have to make sure that when we talk about doing the warfare to fill the void, two things need to occur after we're, we're born again. We are to be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. That's filling the void. But we are to displace those thoughts, feelings and desires that are in our souls that God did not plant there. This is where the battle lies. I'm telling you, you didn't get a new brain when you were born again. You didn't get new desires when you were born again. You didn't get a new body when you were born again. Are you getting this? When you were born, look, we are literally, we're, we're in three time zones simultaneously. Our spirit is in the saved time zone past. It's a fact. It's happened. Nothing will change it by the grace of God. Our soul is presently being renewed. Hello. Our spirit has been renewed, but our soul is presently being renewed. So that's a process that's ongoing. And one day when Jesus returns our body will be renewed. So we are renewed in spirit, being renewed in soul, and one day we'll be renewed in body. It's called the blessed hope, where we take away the old tent, which is mortal, and we put on the new tent, which is immortal. Are you getting this? So right now, while you're sitting where you are, you are past, present and future all happening at once. Talk about confused? <laughs> no, you're not. But again, it's three time zones all at once. There's that number three again. Can you see God in that as well? We're saved, being saved, and one day we'll be saved with the body. And so this has messed up so many Christians' lives because when they get born again and then they start facing some of the demons that they've entertained for their whole life, they start doubting their salvation. Well, maybe I'm not saved. It's a trick from the devil. You're saved, but you just need what? The renewing of your mind. The restoration of your soul. Are you getting this? God wants to renew what we think. Renew what we desire and renew what we feel. And this is how you fill the void. You know, we said last Sunday at the, at the portals, God wants us to fill the void. That empty, 
most of the voids we are feeling, God's put there so that you can knock on His door and say, fill this thing, please. I've tried all of these things in the world to fill the void and nothing works. I end up more empty than I started. Jesus meant it when He said, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and let him drink. For the waters that I give him will bubble over into eternal life. And you'll never thirst again. That's what He promised the woman at the well. He said, If you drink that water, you'll thirst again. If you drink the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. And He meant it because it was the truth. And so God loves to, you know, lead us through the restoration process. Paul made it very clear. He said, though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. So a lot of Pentecostals believe when you're born again, you know, they quote 1 Corinthians, I think it's 14 or 15, where Paul says, old things have passed away, all things have become new. Well, that can be translated, all things are becoming new, present tense. But we never take one scripture verse and say, well, that's, that's the bottom line. We, we compare what Paul says there to what he said in the Philippian epistle. The outward man is perishing The inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not to be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may know the height and the depth and the width and the length of the love of God. So this is all present tense processing. It's active now, all right? And what happens is when when we are given birth in the natural sense, a lot of our mind, will and emotions has already got a predisposition that's been placed there by our genetic pool from our parents. There are things that we have come into doing for no reason of our own. It's something that our parents have put into the genetic code of the family tree. Did you ever wonder who taught Cain how to murder? Certainly wasn't Adam and Eve. It was sin, right? Jealousy and then then what? Hatred and then murder. But unfortunately, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, God saw his son Adam die. And within one generation, Adam sees he loses two sons. He loses Abel to murder and then he loses Cain because God casts him out of his presence. Straight away, within one generation, Adam is feeling two sons taken away from him. Isn't that sad? So some of the things that we have, we have inherently. You might have a family history where there's temper problems, addiction problems, you know, mental problems. God can overcome that problem. Okay? 
And it, sometimes he can deliver us of these problems at the moment of salvation. Sometimes. But that's a big act of grace. I know drug addicts who've been saved and set free the same day. All right? But for most of us, God wants to train us to be warriors. He doesn't want you to be spoiled like everything that you ask, you get straight away. No. There are, look, we've spent our whole lives getting into bondage and we want God to wave the wand and it's all over. I only need one deliverance session. No, you don't. Hello. You spent your whole life getting into bondage and you want God to do it tomorrow. He wants you to value freedom. Value freedom and we are not to use these bondages as pets. Because like Pastor Wendell said this morning, if you think anger is okay because you think you can control it, you might go over the edge one day and become violent. And God will have to show you, well, now you can't control it. Now it controls you. I believe the gathering demoniac started as a, just a short-tempered personality. And no one had him in check. His whole life, his wife might have picked up on it. Yeah, my husband's a little bit short-tempered. But then it went from this short fuse to outright rage. And then when they couldn't control that, it went to violence. First the kids, then the wife. The wife complains to the elders of the city. They try and arrest him. He's so demonised now, the demons break the chains. And back then, when they chained you up, it wasn't with, you know, those wire ties that we use today. It was iron chains. And they riveted them together. You'd have to go to blacksmith to break them apart. And he just went... They couldn't control him, so they kicked him out of town. It started as just a little anger problem, but it went unchecked. See what I'm saying? And God's grace was there. All right, so I'm saying this to say that further on in our lives, there's cultural and religious bondages that we also accumulate. These are all triggers. I want to talk about triggers tonight. What we think, what we desire, and what we feel is set off by what I call triggers. Triggers. Something's happened. You've seen something. You've sensed something. You've heard something. And once you've heard or seen or sensed it, a whole array of thoughts and feelings and desires start coming into gear. And this is why Paul says, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is why the media is so effective at changing the way people think. When you see something long enough and persistently enough, you start to believe that what you see is real and it may be a straight out lie. It's called mind conditioning. And some of the things are subliminal. I remember back in the 90s, even the 80s, the late 80s, they were 
throwing a McDonald's Big Mac hamburger every 14 frames at cinema, at the cinemas. And people, weren't, people were wondering why, why was McDonald's becoming so popular in the cinema complex? Because they, they were watching the movie and when the movie was on, they would throw one Big Mac hamburger as a, as a you know, like a, an image every 14 frames so that your conscious mind didn't pick it up, but your subconscious mind could see the, oh, why am I thinking about a Big Mac right now? And then the cues went out the door when it came to intermission. Whoa. And that is basic mind control. We're in 2020. <laughs> oh my God, watch what you watch. So those little triggers, what triggers the way we think? What's the trigger to making us feel certain ways? What's the trigger that sparks up these ungodly desires suddenly? Hello? Because Satan knows your trigger. And if you don't find out what your trigger is, you're going to fall for his trick every time. See? This is why we need constant communion with the Lord. pastor's going to share more on that. So I want to say this. Our education, our experiences, our religious background, our cultural background, they all contribute to our mind, will and emotions and what they are composed of. The beauty about Jesus' life is that he always thought, always felt, always desired what his father did. Now you might think, well, that's impossible for me. No, nope, it's possible. How? He's in you. He's in you. The spirit of Jesus is in you. All we have to do is learn, our pastor's been teaching this, to yield to the Spirit of Jesus, which is now one with our spirit. He who has joined himself unto the Lord is one spirit with him. Not two spirits, one, as in a husband and wife are one flesh. You and the Lord are one together. You're one unit now. You still have your own personality. He has his personality, but you're considered a unit, inseparable. Are you getting this? And so he has to be the leading partner of this marriage. You don't take Jesus. He takes you. You don't tell Jesus. He tells you. Hello? I've got to repent of that one because I'm usually telling Jesus where to go and what to do. Am I the only one? Come on. I believe of the three battlegrounds, mind, will and emotions, the will is the most powerful. I say that because if someone doesn't desire to do something, heaven and hell can't move them. If you don't want to do it, now, the only person that can get around that is the Lord. What you're saying no to in his will right now 
He just adjusts a few circumstances in your life. Yeah, maybe the money gets tight. Maybe your health drops a bit. And you start going, oh God, why have you forsaken me? Believe me, I've done this. In his grace, he gets you to change your mind. You end up saying, Lord, I'll do whatever you need, you need me to do. I don't want to resist your will anymore. And then when you end up doing his will, all this blessing comes along and you think, why did I ever say no? Why did I ever resist? All he wanted to do was bless me. And here I am thinking he wants to take something away from me. Are you getting this? I've been through that struggle, so I know. All right? And I also believe, just like the will is the most powerful part, I believe it is in the area of your will that's connected directly to your spirit. Because the scripture says, it is God who works in you both to will first and then to do. So the first option for God changing you is to change what you desire. Because the word will there is desire. It is God who works in you both to desire and to do His good work. Are you getting this? But this is where the devil puts up the biggest resistance. are driven by emotion and ungodly thoughts. Because Paul goes on to say, the Corinthians were giving an offering, but before he collected the offering, he told them, those of you who desire to give, you need to now take step number two and do the doing. It's not enough to do the desiring and not see it through to the doing. Have you ever met anyone that starts a hundred projects and can't finish one? They desire to do all this good stuff, but they're not following it through to the actual doing of it. And that's how the Lord wants to set us free. See? And so filling the void will ultimately mean displacing what is ungodly and replacing it with that which is God's desire. It won't happen overnight. But look, he's a father. He loves to see his children go through the day-by-day process of growing. Every father, every mother wants to see their child grow, grow, grow. Right? I mean, my little grandson, he's so cute right now. But cuteness will stop if he's like that for four years. He's got to grow out of that and start becoming a little boy. And then in, into a, you know, a child, a teenager. And every part of that growing process just brings pleasure for the most part. <laughs> most of us give pleasure to our parents. It's all right. All right. So, but if I was to ask you, what is the most active part of the soul? It's definitely the mind. Because desire and emotion is always... Um, uh, displayed in thoughts. Your desire. How do you tell people about your desires? You you exchange thoughts. 
How do you tell people about your feelings? You exchange thoughts. Excuse me. And remember, the language of the spirit is imagery. Language that you understand puts images into your mind and into your spirit. I'm speaking words, but your brain processes images. See what I'm saying? So the whole battle is really a battle of images. And this is why many of us don't bow down to idols physically. But many of us, calm down. Think about it. Think about what you're mostly thinking about during each hour of the day. See? And then you might say, well, Pastor, really? Do I have to focus on Jesus every second and every day? No, not, not Jesus per se. But that which is good, that which is lovely, that which is honest, that which is of a good report. Think on these things. Think on these things. Your spirit is constantly alive and moving. How do you know you're alive? Because... Your spirit's still in your body and, and the sign of that is that you're constantly moving. Your, your blood is pumping, your mind is ticking. Dead people can't move. Hello? That's a sign that your spirit is still in your body. There's always movement. Movement is a sign of life. Even God's throne has wheels on it. He moves. His spirit's constantly moving. If he stood still for a, a millisecond, the universe would collapse. The Lord our God doesn't breathe oxygen. He doesn't have to breathe in, oxygenate his blood, and then breathe out to stay alive. Jesus' body has no blood in it. He's got a brand new body now. He doesn't breathe oxygen in and then exhale carbon dioxide. That was when he was in the flesh and blood time of his life. Now he's in the flesh and bone time of his life. He has bones, he has flesh, but no blood. He doesn't have to breathe. When you are resurrected, you won't have to breathe oxygen anymore. But that's for another subject for another time. You've got to come to the Genesis record. All right? I think the part of our souls that are least controlled is the emotion. Okay. The will is the most powerful. The mind is the most active, but the emotions are the least controlled. Okay? We go by our feelings too much. The will is the most powerful part of your soul. The mind is the most active, but the emotions are the least controllable. Okay? Someone, when some, we, we call people emotional wrecks because they're always expressing emotions that are negative. Right? And, and Proverbs tells us that someone who's constantly not in control of their spirit, which really means soul, is like an unwalled city. 
An enemy can go in whenever they want. Okay? The proverb says, Better a man with self-control than an unwalled city. Okay? So he's basically, the, the, the psalmist is basically saying, if we, can, I, if we are able to control our emotions and therefore control our speech, right. we're starting to wall up our city and protecting ourselves from an enemy that could destroy us. Wow. Peter says it very beautifully. You love life? Control your mouth. How do you control your mouth? Control your emotions. See? Hello, we've all been on the end of emotions running wild, especially when you're angry. There's been an injustice. It's really hard to control emotion when you feel an injustice has been done, especially against you. See what I'm saying? And we all go through this. This this is good stuff. We want the void to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? So, in closing, the enemy gains a foothold if we don't have gates, Holy Spirit gates on our five senses. Now, this is deep stuff. What do I mean by gates? Before an enemy can come through the gate of your fortified city, he's got to trick you into opening the gate. So he might approach your soul as a friend. Hey, you need this. This is what you really want. This is going to give you a full life. You've got to take that thought, that desire, that emotion even, back to the Lord. Remember, the Lord should be the gatekeeper. The Holy Spirit should be the gatekeeper. See? Because sometimes what the enemy presents is good. Remember, it's the knowledge of good and evil. Not just evil. So five senses. Sometimes what we see looks good, but it ain't. Sometimes what we hear sounds good, but it ain't. Sometimes what we taste tastes good. Oh, hallelujah. Especially if it's Chinese food. (laughs) Chinese, Lebanese, Calathumpian food, it all tastes good. But too much of it, it's not good. Sometimes what we smell. Sometimes what we touch. This feels good. Must be good because it feels good. Isn't that what the devil entices drug addicts into? You just want to feel good. This will help you feel good about yourself. And it does for a little while. Remember, he doesn't completely lie. The pain goes away momentarily, but then it it comes back worse. 
And you're worse than what you started. So what does he say? Well, you need just a little more. Just a little more. And we do that. We have, a, we have these drugs. Sometimes the drug is, remember Nate, you were talking about uh, endorphins. when Dopamine. dopamine when, when you are so used to being stressed out, that becomes your norm because your body releases the dopamine that will comfort you. God doesn't want you to live like that. You'll have a very short life. So we're asking the Holy Spirit tonight to give us the grace to, to put a gate. Victim mentality produces the dopamine too. Come and say it on the microphone. Come up. I'm sure Nate's going to share this in a seminar. I'll share it in portals. Psychologists that counsel people that are in victim mentality, it's a known thing that their brain has been accustomed to feeling this way that now it's not become, um, a, what's the word, um, a limitation or a, um, a capacitating where they're incapacitated. They actually, by feeling that way, they get dopamine release. So their brain says, when I'm a victim, this is my high. That's why it's very hard to counsel people that don't want to change because it has to start with wanting to not be the victim because then that tells the brain, uh, I'm closing off the pathway that I've given you for dopamine release because I'm now putting new mental real estate in place of what I've been using to get that mental real estate to give me my fix or my high. So it's not just food, chocolate, as you always say, chocolate, sex, all of it, dopamine release. Good conversation, dopamine release. Uh, soul ties, dopamine release, all of it. You'll have to go to his seminar if you want to know more about that. So the thoughts that come into our hearts and minds are usually in two categories. Comfort or fear. That's it. All right? Comfort or fear. And both of them can be deceptive. This is good. Okay? Again, this is why we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. The Lord Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. Why don't we cash in on that work of the Holy Spirit? Help me to discern where my gate is, where my trigger is, and to discern what not to allow and what to allow, Lord. Listen, when you're, when you're slipping up and sinning, it didn't happen when you sinned. It was three or four steps back where the devil triggered you. You felt rejected. You felt like you were silly or something or someone said something showed you something or something happened that clicked something in your soul. And then a whole bunch of like personal programming kicks into gear. And you can't help it because that's all you've been told to do. You've seen your parents do it. You've seen friends do it. What, whatever the devil used to program you to respond this way is now your master. And this is why deliverance is so important in the believer's life. 
Deliverance is when we discern the trigger, we discern the lies, and we start tearing them down in the name of the Lord. And we don't just tear down, we build up. This is what the devil said. This is what God says. Start believing what God says and disbelieving what the devil says. Now that's not too simplistic for you saints, but we need to start doing this, okay? I often wondered why God planted Psalm 119 right in the middle of the Bible. You know that Psalms is a book right in the middle of the Bible. And, and, and I reckon Psalms 119 is right in the middle of the Psalms and the Proverbs. It's 174 verses. It takes up nearly 30 pages in my paper Bible. Psalm 119. And what's the theme? Your word. 37 times the, the psalmist says problem. Problem, solution, your word. Every problem he comes up against, his solution is your word. 37 times in 174 verses, the psalmist says your word. This word and the spoken word, the revealed word. His word created the universe, so it means something. It's tangible. It's powerful. It can break the chains. We just have to cling to it and believe it. Part of us being free is knowing his word. And I mean that sincerely. This is not religion I'm talking to you about. I find in, in the deliverance sessions that I'm involved with recently, God has me literally coming in at the end and speaking the Word of God. Bang, bang, this is what the Word says. We're going to build you up. This is what you're to believe from now on. We need that just as much as come out in Jesus' name. Do you, do you get this? That's how you fill the void. You don't want to just sweep the house empty. You're going to fill it with the Word and you're going to believe the Word. And you know what? When you believe the Word, you'll always see the glory of God. I'm harping on this one because I know deep in your heart, you want to see God's goodness. You want to see God's faithfulness. You want to see God's graciousness. You want to see God's provision. And not only that, what about His power? Is our God powerful or is it just a part of the imagination? Does he still heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers? He does. But most of us haven't experienced it yet. We want to, right? Do you have desire for that? Guess what? God put it there because he wants to fulfill it. It is God who works in you both to desire and to do of his good pleasure. He wants to wow you every day. Can you do this for me, Lord? And then he does it and you go, wow. I never thought it could happen. Can you deliver me from this situation, Lord? 
He delivers you and you go, wow, he loves me that much. Can you change the heart of a person, Lord? Well, he wants to change your heart first. But we've seen him change the hardest of hearts. Okay? He can do it. Because he wants to show us just how good he is. Listen, when God says, I am the Lord and there is no other, there's no other God besides me. Isaiah. Is he being proudful? No. Just truthful. He can't say anything else because it would be a lie. And guess what? He can't lie. Not that he chooses not to lie. He just can't. Because he's God. Whatever he says is true. Hallelujah. Again, that's another sermon. Let's repent. Because remember, repentance is always the first step to seeing restoration and the glory of God. Let's repent for believing lies about ourselves, about others, and about God. And God's not condemning us, but he wants us to take up the challenge, like Pastor Wendell said this morning, and what Dr. Robin will say at portals tonight, we need to... Be willing in the day of battle. We need to be saying to the Lord, Lord, I want to get to that place where I want to do your will more than my own life. I'm serious. See, Pastor Deeb in Lebanon, he can be in Britain or here or in Australia or in Canada having a good life and doing the Lord's work. But he's laid his golden crown at the feet of the throne of God. Why? Because he knows the crown he's got was God given anyway. See what I'm saying? Let's humble our hearts tonight. Let's see the Holy Spirit restore our souls, filling the void by showing us the triggers that the enemy uses to get into places that he has no business being there. Amen. Amen. Father, we ask and we pray and we thank you in advance for the grace of God through our Lord Jesus. Lord, there's so many things that trigger us into wrong areas of thinking or desiring or feeling. And sometimes things feel so right. We can't even see truth. And there are times when we sense something is wrong, but you're trying to say, no, this is me. And it's all a matter of being, having our minds renewed to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. You live within us. And it should not be hard for you to be able to communicate to our hearts what your will and what your desire is. So we ask you to forgive us and renew our minds. Lord, renew how we feel about things. And especially, Lord, give us godly desire so that we're doing your will willingly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. Thank you, Pastor, over you. Bit of a dynamic message tonight.
Very dynamic. Whoa, that was power, wasn't it, guys? Amen? That was very powerful. I wanted to uh, share something with you about uh, triggering. Triggering's a good word. That's what I've been studying lately to do with triggering. But it's not a word. It's a word more to do with mind control. It's more to do with mind control. But for you and I, when we get triggered, it's because the enemy's found our weakness. You can't have triggering without weakness. So you might have a weak area in your life and he's able to trigger you through that. All right? Get that. Understand that. That's really important. Um, and that, that, that's not something you can just uh, change overnight. So that really means you've got to have the Lord move on that. Because weak areas are sometimes not even your areas. Sometimes it's the family. That is your weakness. Now, how are you going to change that? You're going to only change that by handing it over to the Lord. There's no other way. Sickness can be another weakness. And it triggers something. You know, unteachableness is another weakness. For a time. For a time. And then it becomes sin if you continue to let it. You know? So I just wanted to tell you tonight that weakness is very much involved in being triggered. And triggered means what? What does triggered mean? Triggered actually means that something in your brain comes alive. Something. Whether it's whatever it is, a thought, a vision, a feeling. To be triggered, something has to happen. It comes alive. You know, we deal with the devil these days and, and uh, he's not coming as a deceiver. You should not be deceived by now. <laughs> there's enough evil in the world to tell you there's a devil. Okay, amen, you get that? But he comes as an angel of light. This is the one that will reveal himself these last days, an angel of light. You see, and that's what I'm going to be talking about in portals tonight. What are we facing in these last days in the way he's now making certain situations respectable. Because, you know, witchcraft now, Satanism, it's all becoming respectable. It's a religion. It's respectable. You can, you can serve the devil. You can worship the devil. This is a free land. You can do that. You can have your say. Years ago, it was hidden. But today, you're dealing with an angel of light. He's telling you that he's the truth. And so you need to know the enemy you're dealing with. And then you won't be triggered in weakness. 
Do you understand what I'm telling you? It's an angel of light which you're dealing with. So I encourage you tonight. Don't put your head in the sand. The Bible says that. Don't be like an ostrich. Bury your head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. Because guess what? You can pretend, but it's still happening. You, do you understand? We're so naive to believe if we bury our head in the sand, it'll go away. It'll go away. But when you pull your head out of the sand, it's still there and worse than ever. So tonight, let's have a think about. Have a think about what we deal with. You're not dealing with deception. Because I know in the past, oh, oh, I gotta keep, I gotta keep on the straight and narrow just in case I get deceived. Those days, my brothers and sisters, are pretty well over. You're not going to be deceived, but you are going to be led away by lies of the Spirit that comes as the angel of light. Angel of light. And how can he lead you away? Because you will bury your head in the sand and say it's not happening. It's not happening. So we're going to talk about that tonight because we need to talk about it tonight because we cannot waste any more time of the Lord's in always having to be convinced. We're not going to waste this time anymore. But we are going to hear what he says and not bury our head in the sand anymore and not give ground to the angel of light anymore because the Lord is bringing truth before us and now he's got to convince us that it's truth. No more. No more. You know why? Because in, in the book of Revelations with all those signs, and I spoke about it last night, with all those signs, those last three things, those Things, those plagues or those things that were coming, they're all supernatural. They're all supernatural. They're not instigated by the earth, by the weather, by man. They're instigated by God. Instigated by God. They're supernatural. And if God has to deal supernaturally with us, He will because He's not wasting time. Time of it, it's too important now in the Kingdom of God. So I want to tell you now, you need to hear what the Spirit is saying because we're dealing with an angel of light. You see, he's not going to come against God. He's going to walk beside the Lord. You get what I'm saying? It's easy when you start to see one coming against you, coming against us. Ah, I know, good, evil. Well, what about when someone comes alongside and says, this is good? Then you've got to deal with good and good, uh, uh, which is good. 
which is good. That's what an angel of light does. He doesn't bring evil. He brings an alternative. He brings an alternative. So I want to encourage you tonight. Encourage you all the way. This is what you're dealing with. This is what you're dealing with. Your soul here, your soul needs to be activated by your spirit. You need to have the spirit flow through you, touch your soul and come out through your body. This is the way it works. This is the way it works. See? So I encourage you tonight. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't put your head in the sand. We only put our head in the sand because we're fearful. But He's able. He was faithful for the past. He's here with us today. And he's certainly able for tomorrow. That's why I said my song. This one, I take it, it's mine. You can have it too if you want it, but it's mine. Because it's bringing a reality to me about the future. He's able. The past, he's faithful. So no more in the head in the sand. And if you're dealing with fear, just get it dealt with. Get it dealt with because guess what? It's still going to be there whether you get it dealt with or not. But you can be a part of what's going on. You can be part of the, the bride and become an army bride. That's what we're called to be, army brides. You get what I'm saying? Not worldly brides, army brides. Encourage you guys. Hear what the Spirit is saying tonight. Hear what he's saying. And let him bless you because you're not going to listen. And you're going to know it's an angel of light. You know, because he can't help. He can't help pastor, but show his character. Eventually. But I, I want to encourage you, don't wait till he shows his character. Start to get the reality of discerning now. Wow, so much to think about tonight. So very much to think about. And I want to encourage every person that's online right now to be encouraged to think about what was said tonight. All the amazing singing that went forward tonight. It was incredible and we thank Collide for it. For the message of communion and, oh, wow, gee, hey, that was a good, good message. It touched me because it touched you. That's why it touched me, because it touched you. And, Brandon, wow, what a, a revelation understanding of giving. And the children singing tonight. And I especially, you know, because I'm a proud grandma. My granddaughter was singing with her father tonight. She was one of your collide. And I know that's going to move her very quickly into that place. Now she's grabbed a hold of her singing ability and she walks around singing all the time now. So 
I don't know how quick that's going to come up. I'm looking forward to that one. She's going to be very quickly. So I'm a very, very pleased person here tonight. The Lord is certainly moving. You're a happy her. senior minister, aren't you? Oh, very, very much so. Good. Ah, oh, very job, much so. Very, job. very much so. You give the thumbs up, Pastor. Oh, I give the thumbs up. I tell you, I repent of ever saying, don't put thumbs on Facebook. Put them on Facebook all you like. Thumbs up, guys. Thumbs up, guys. Everybody thumbs up. I repent. Praise I repent. Lord. All right, so Pastor Natalie and the prayer team. Oh, we're going to show a video, aren't we? But not until I close. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, show, uh, we're going to, how do you say, close off the, the live stream. So before we do, we want to give anyone that's joined us on the um, live stream to come into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This this whole talk about restoration, about getting God to make us think right, feel right, desire right, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And relationship with Jesus begins by acknowledging that you're unable to break sin in your life. You don't have the power over sin. There's only one person that has the power over sin, that's Jesus. And so to Get the power over sin means you need to have Jesus come into your life. And that means repenting of your sin and letting Jesus become Lord of your life. If you are in that position now, that means God's grace has just been poured out upon you and He has chosen you to be a son or a daughter. Isn't that wonderful? Pray this prayer. I'm going to read it as it is on your screen. So we can do it together. Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus died for my sins and he rose again to give me life with you. Lord Jesus, Come live in my heart and fill me with your Spirit. Let me have true communion with you, not based on performance or religion, but total intimacy. I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you that I am saved. Amen. And if you have prayed that prayer, we also want to encourage you to go to the next step. Okay? Having a relationship with Jesus sometimes requires you to get some help. We can do that. Okay? We will teach you how to actively engage in conversations with your Saviour and your Lord. Information's going to come up on the bottom of the screen. Please, don't try and do this alone. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ supporting you, being a backup. If you want to join a local church, we can help you with that. If you want to join this church, we can help you with that. Yeah. All right? But the important thing is you become a part of a team that we call the body of Christ. And that will help you to make it through the whole of your life with support and encouragement. God bless you. We're signing off from our live stream broadcast right now. Until next Sunday, the Lord be with you. Amen.
If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love, and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the Torque Message of the Week. We hope you were encouraged by this message and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you've been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or our Torque app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out TorqueTV.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit torque.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for you every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until next time, God bless.